As we begin this morning's service, we recognize that this is a very special day in our church that we lift up as Laity Sunday. And not only is this a very special day because of that, but this is also the 29th anniversary of when we first started sharing this in our church. As you know, every other Sunday during the year, we get to hear from our ministers, who today are in the congregation, <laughs> along with Julianne. <laughs> okay, um, so today on Laity Sunday, we get to hear from our lay people, us regular church members. <laughs> and the fact that we are all spiritual leaders, we can celebrate that. And this is a rich part of our spiritual history. Because not only have we been celebrating this Sunday for 29 years in this church, but the understanding of lifting up the spiritual gifts of regular non-ordained people. Goes back to Martin Luther and the Reformation, and actually goes back to the very beginning of Christianity itself. When there were no priests at all, sorry, <laughs> but all the spiritual leadership took place with regular people, people like you and me. And this is what Martin Luther pointed out when he lifted up the scripture that talks about the priesthood of all believers. And he shared that the priesthood of all believers means that we are all meant to minister to each other. So that is what we lift up today in this service. And just to add a little bit to that, this is also the 506th anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his 95 theses on the door of the Wittenberg Chapel in Germany, where that act is commonly understood to be the beginning of the Protestant Reformation, or the birth of the Protestant Church. And so, with this little bit of background, let me invite you to join me in our responsive call to worship that you'll find in your bulletins. Let us gather together this hour in the grace, peace, strength, hope, and good courage that our Lord provides. Because God has put a new song in our mouths, we will sing our praise to God with thanks. Because God not only blesses us, but hears our pleas. Let us put our trust in God's steadfast love. Because God's law has been written upon our hearts, let us delight in doing God's will. In our worship and in our life, may we celebrate God's grace and gifts in all we say and do. Gathering in thankfulness and joy, let us worship and pray committing all that God has given to us for the celebration of life and for the care of all people. Let us pray. Loving God, what an amazing day this is. 
and what a gift it is to be together in this loving place. And while we can easily be amazed, when we pause for a moment and consider the abundance in our lives at the waterfall of gifts and miracles, we also recognize that too often we can be slow to really let your miracle of life and the full depth of all of our gifts to sink in completely. And then to fully live and celebrate that every day in our joy and in our sharing with others. So as we gather this day to turn our hearts and minds to you, help us to be open, to be aware, and to accept our gifts and to celebrate our role as your helping hands and as your caretakers of this world. And help us to welcome our many opportunities to care for and mend the brokenhearted and uplift the downtrodden. And as we thank you for all of our possibilities, give us both the love and the courage to say yes to all that you offer. And although we may not always be ready to fully take that task, here we are, gathered for this adventure once again. So here we are, Lord, lead us as we become instruments of love and as we say yes to your surprises. This we pray in the spirit of Christ as we join together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, everybody. What a lovely day after all the rain. Get comfortable, everybody. I got a lot of announcements. Every Sunday is wonderful, but I've got to say that I think Laity Sunday is one of my favorites, and it's a great honor for me uh, to be up here today. And as Joanne mentioned before our call to worship, this is the day that we set aside to celebrate ministry and spiritual leadership of all our church members. We are a very blessed congregation in so many ways. So welcome to our very special service of worship. And on behalf of Paul and Laura, 
and our Board of Deacons, thank you to everyone who is participating today. And with that, let me invite all of you to please take the time to read all the announcements in your bulletin because there's a lot going on. Trust me about that. And I'm going to highlight just a few of these. And before I begin, if you are a visitor, we'd love to keep you informed of everything that's going on here through our newsletter and email blasts of special events and notices and drop you a note of welcome this coming week. So if you would, be so kind, please share your contact information, including your email address as well as your name in the friendship registers which you'll find at the end of your pews. So if everyone could please take those friendship registers and pass them on, that would be wonderful. And then please join us in the service uh, after the service and Fellowship Hall uh, for refreshments served to us by our wonderful, wonderful uh, fellowship committee. Uh, and we just thank them very much because it's a lot of work every week to, to put that together. So they are a wonderful group of people um, and we, you know, we wouldn't have as much fun after the service without them. Um, our second hour program today. And that's right after uh, you get to connect with a cup of coffee and something to eat. We'll be starting our second hour program in the library at about 11.30, where Dave Stewart is going to be sharing a discussion on how Christians might view mass incarceration. Dave is our seminarian, and before, we go, before going to seminary, when he was a lawyer, Dave founded Incarcerated Survivors Initiative, uh, which basically is about domestic and sexual violence, and he did it pro bono. So he did it you know, out of his own pocket. It was really a marvelous thing. It was unique uh, to hear about it. So please feel free to stick around at 11.30 and you'll be able to ask questions if you have any. John Santa is our speaker this morning. So happy to have John. Um, you can also read about you know, John's uh, experience in uh, mass incarceration and helping uh, people who are involved with the criminal justice system. Uh, you can read that in the bulletin as well. And at this time, I'd like to ask Laura to come up. Uh, she's got a special announcement, and I will uh, be back to you in a moment. Just can't spend a Sunday without the pulpit. That's all it is. <laughs> um, but there is really no better day than Laity Sunday to invite all of you to participate in another grassroots effort. Um, you have heard an awful lot about the United Illuminating's plan to build massive uh, transmission wires right through Southport and downtown Fairfield. And um, I personally, with a number of other people feel that that is just not the appropriate thing to be doing. So on November 5th at 2 p.m., um, I am organizing a community march of awareness to um, let you I know exactly how we feel about that. So we will be going from Pequot Library to Dairy Queen. It's about a 30-minute walk. 1.1 miles, um, so definitely doable. There'll be a large press conference afterwards. Um, you'll see some, some lawn signs and some yellow ribbons going up around to begin to let the community become aware of what's happening here um, and to send a message to UI. So, couple asks, 
One, put November 5th, 2 p.m. on your calendar and join us for that walk. And secondly, if you would like to be um, a little bit of hands-on help, you can join uh, Polly Tillman, Jack Leslie, Jenny Murphy, and I in um, putting together this walk. So um, please join us. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. Um, and then, if you've been visiting here and you would like to make Southport Congregational Church your church home, you are welcome to uh, come and visit to come to our new members meeting, which will be held on Sunday, November 9th at 4 p.m. You are welcome and invited, so please see all the details in the bulletin. And one of the great things that's happening today is Julianne's ordination. Sorry. Yeah. Boy, we love you. So that's at 4 p.m. this afternoon. You know, once in a lifetime, an ordination of Julianne Center right here in our sanctuary. I mean, it is a once in a lifetime experience that we'll all be able to share. Julianne is back for the weekend from California. <clears throat> for this very important event for her and our church, where she was our student minister, as you know, for the last three years. And now she has been called to lead a church in California. How lucky are they? Congrats, that's just... The opportunity only comes around once, and Julianne is here with us this morning. Congrats again. So we'll see you all here at four. I'm gonna be here. And we also will have a, a, a nice reception afterwards. If you were here for her reception before that night, it was, remember that night. <laughs> uh, next Sunday, we'll be having our annual congregational preliminary budget meeting. That will begin right after worship here in the sanctuary. So please come and listen to our vision plans for next year. Because we need you all to vote on our 20, 2024 budget. So please come and listen and bring any questions you might have and vote. And very important, in less than three weeks, our annual fundraiser, Rooms with a View, is coming up, which is, on the, uh, which is in our 29th year. Hmm, that's a funny number, 29. Hmm. Uh, with the help and support of all our missions uh, and work outre and outreach, Rooms with a View is happening November 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th. And because this is a very important, uh, it's part of what helps us and helps others. So please, please help and give and give your support to this wonderful event. Please sign up to volunteer or to attend the events. We need you. The people we need help from is you. More details to follow and also can be found in the bulletin. And thank you to everyone who's helped contribute to our annual holiday food drive. But we still need some items. Still need a little help. So be sure to read the fine details of what you're signing up for in the bulletin. That bulletin is very important today. And a gentle reminder, food must be delivered on time, which is November 16th. So just remember that if you're going to help, make sure you get it there. And again, please check your bulletins for even more details and more events like our Pampered Chef Party at the Parsonage on Wednesday, November 1st at 7 p.m. I mean, that is gonna be great. So with all that, I'll get back to you a little later. Thank you.
All right, great. So nice to see all your faces. You guys get to sit up here every Sunday. I never get to sit up here. What an awesome perspective that you guys get to have every Sunday. Um, so what's different about today? Why am I standing up here? We heard a little bit about it, but I want to hear it from you guys. No, does anyone know? Raise your hand. What day is this? Yes, Adalia. You want a hint? It starts with an uh, Go ahead. Yeah. Laity Sunday. You're right. Thank you both for raising your hand. And so what do we do on Laity Sunday? We, so, we celebrate the fact that we are all God's helpers, right? So are you guys God's helpers? Yes. Have any of you ever been called to ministry to help God? Yes. In what way? Can someone give an example? All right, I'll help you out. Who's sung in choir at church? Raise your hand. Great. Good job. You've been called to minister. What about going to church school? Yeah? Anyone else? I know more of you go to church school than that. Amazing. Um, What about just talking to your friends at fellowship and enjoying celebrating with everyone? Do you guys do that? Yeah? Great. You guys are all part of this church body and you all play such an important role. You're all unique puzzle pieces and and what you do and and how you help. Now, does participating in the church happen in any other way or is it only on Sundays? How else are you called to serve God? What about throughout the week? Yes. If you're kind to people, amazing. I love that. What else? Yes. If you help someone, Definitely. So the great part is that our ability to serve God never ends. We don't have to be here to do it. We don't have to do anything special. We just need to listen to what God asks of us and deliver on it. And that's pretty easy, right? Because you guys do it all the time, right? Can anybody think of a way that they might go out and serve God today? What? No, you can't? (laughs) What about just, like you said, helping a friend or... Sharing something that you heard at church with somebody. Do you guys ever do that? Do you ever talk about what you do in church school with your friends outside of church? Yeah. You tell them the fun things you do with Laura. And go ahead. Do you have an example? Oh, that's so cool. So you helped them see something from your perspective that they couldn't see before, right? That's great. That's all about what serving God is. It's just sharing in your perspective and helping your friends. So thank you guys for doing that every Sunday. And thank you for being up here with me today. You may go to church school, right? All right. Enjoy.
Well, good morning, everybody. And hallelujah, there's no rain today. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting and curious that I'm up here for the first time and seldom ever up here to be able to talk to the congregation. And there's always been some things in my mind that I wanted to, wanted to ask you. And they are, number one, how many out there have ever sung in your high school choir or chorus or glee club? Raise your hand. Up higher. Come on, be, be honest. Good, good. Now, how many of you have sung in your college choir, chorus, or singing group? Good, raise your hands. Excellent. Now, how many of you have been uplifted, spiritually uplifted, by the songs the choir sings to you every Sunday? Raise your hands. So, and this includes everybody out there in Streamland. Why aren't you up here singing with us? So let me give you a little, some little hints. So a little bit of a schedule. We come in 9 o'clock Sunday mornings and we warm up, we rehearse for the service in front of us. Then, after the service and coffee hour, we go down in the choir room and we rehearse for the couple Sundays thereafter. Easy gravy, that's all there is to it, just Sunday morning. So, when I look around, we're not getting any younger up here. <laughs> and so, what I'm trying to say is, we need some fresh blood. We need some new blood up here if you want this choir to continue and to grow. So I want you to think about that. And then I know Elaine's not, where are you Elaine? You're not gonna like this. But one thing I gotta point out is that, yes, if you join the choir, you're expected to come up here and sing with us every Sunday. But we understand that you have vacations and family things to do, and so you can't make it up here. It's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal, although we do expect you to come. There's no demerits if you don't come. So I ask you to please, and you up there in streaming land, think about joining us. Would you? So before we get into the pastoral prayer, you know, and, and, but we do enter this time of prayer, let us keep the following people in our thoughts. For Amir Ramzi Rashad and Rahman Nimmer and their extended family in Palestine, they are good friends of this church. For Varid Ravid, our Israeli guide for the last 14 years, and her daughters who serve in the IDF for their safety and protection, Varied will be flying from Israel to stay with Paul and Laura Whitmore for a few weeks in November. Varid will be speaking to us about what the situation is over there and her experiences. She will join us on Sunday, November 5th, in church and after church. How interesting is that going to be? For Bill Van Olefen, for his continued medical treatment, trying to deal with chronic pain. 
And please pray for those who are recovering from surgery and recent setbacks, especially for Derek Yach, Tony Reseda, who under, underwent a total shoulder replacement October 3rd, Hank Greer, our own Hank Greer, Antoine Shalala, Rosine's husband, who has suffered a brain bleed for over a week. May we pray for his healing, comfort, strength, and care, and may God's comfort, strength, and peace be with his family. For Janiah Patterson, our Director of Communication, for Grace Weitzer's mom, Ellie Adams, who is dealing with pneumonia, and continuing prayers for Neil Rice, uh, my neighbor, who is home in hospice care, for our own Bo Allen, Steve Weitzer, and Mark Foster with their continuing battle with cancer and treatment. Finally, a praise and thanksgiving for Karen McDonald, another one of our former choir members, and a volunteer with me in Carousel, who finished her radiation treatments and has entered into survivor category. May she suffer no residual effect, effects from this treatment. How good is that? So now, let's set our minds on prayer. Let's bow our heads and talk to God. Heavenly Father, may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock, our strength, our redeemer, our comforter, and our savior. Lord, our world is in turmoil. We have killing and mutilation in Israel. We have shooting and annihilation in Ukraine. We have murder and theft and lawlessness right here in our own country. I pray, Lord, that your will be done. You are the Prince of Peace and Love, and we trust that you will shower these down on the people of the world. Our faith and trust is in you. To quote Hebrews 11, one of my favorite scriptures, faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. We confess we are all sinners and ask for your forgiveness and restoration. Lord, with all the wrong surrounding us, but let's now take time to thank you for all our blessings, starting with the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, who walked and talked with us and ultimately gave up his life for the forgiveness of our sins and the promise of salvation. Thank you for watching over our families and for good health and safety. Thank you for our country, state, and town in which we are so fortunate to live. Thank you for our church and each of its members. We praise you for the beauty of your creation, which surrounds us, the turning of the leaves, our lovely beaches, and fall flowers. Lord, I ask your continued blessing and guidance for Paul and Laura and Dave as they continue to do your work. We ask your blessing on Julianne as she celebrates her ordination here at 4 o'clock today. I ask providential care for your armed forces around the world as they protect us and defend us. Lord, I pray for all those who are sick and your guidance for the doctors who strive to make them well. Lastly, Lord, I pray for our country, which is so divided. Sometimes I wonder why you have not given up on us. But I know your love rains down on all of us. Dear Father, watch over the people in Israel and Palestine and protect them, keeping them from danger in such a volatile part of the world. Bless those in Ukraine who have endured so much these many months. 
Lord God, I know I'm asking a lot, but if you can't help, who can? I prayed all these things, Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
Wow, that was great. Okay, our morning offering. You know, we have an amazing congregation because we support so many things, from helping with meals in Bridgeport to the work we do in South Dakota. With that in mind, I would like to share a few quotes that truly speak to our community and Southport Congregational Church. Coretta Scott King said, the greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members. Lao Tzu said, kindness in words creates confidence. Kindness in thinking creates profoundness. Kinding in giving creates love. And lastly, uh, Jean Vanier said, one of the marvelous things about community is that it enables us to welcome and help people in a way we couldn't as individuals. When we pool our strength and share the work and responsibility, we can assist many people, even those in deep distress, and perhaps help them find self-confidence and inner healing. The morning offering will now be shared by you, received in love, and shared once again.
Good morning. My name is John Santa. Perhaps some of you may know my wife, Irene, maybe. <laughs> I often refer to her as my first wife. She prefers I refer to her as my trophy wife. She is a prize, that's for sure. But in any event, all kidding aside, I want to first of all thank you all for being a wonderful, welcoming faith community for my trophy wife, but also for our wonderful son, Devin, our great daughter-in-law, known as Deacon Beth, 
our precious granddaughters Heidi and Alyssa, as well as our occasionally spiritually oriented daughter, Kirsten. I wonder who they are, Kirsten. So that said, it's truly a great honor to be here with you today and to be given this opportunity to deliver this message. And uh, I hope you find it even a little bit stimulating, provocative, interesting. And it begins with this. It begins with when our children, Devin and Kirsten, were small, we had video games. They were just emerging. We used to play Odyssey, Pong, Space Invaders, and played them all. Come a long way since those happy little games. Today's video games is a multi-billion dollar industry. And the culture of the games and our American culture has changed a lot because today we have great proponents of video games with themes of violence, fear, harm, personal assault, as illustrated by one of the most popular recurrent genre with the name, perhaps you've heard of it, Call of Duty. It's a real tour de force in gratuitous killing and mayhem, and it's sold 30 million copies. Wow. A young man named Adam Lanza was a devotee of the Call of Duty video game. He played it obsessively. He, as we know, felt a strong personal call of duty, didn't he? Thanks to his loving but unthinking, imprudent mother, he also had an AR-15 rifle. To those of you unfamiliar with the world of firearms, an AR-15 is a killing machine originally designed for the military, which the gun industry currently euphemistically refers to as a modern sporting rifle. It may interest you to know, furthermore, that one in 20 Americans own at least one AR-15. So when Adam received his personal call to duty, you all know what he did, December 12th, December 14th, 2012, he used the shiny AR-14 to commit slaughter. Ouch. Wow. Well, October 31st, 1517, there was yet another call to duty. Very different. Because that was the day the young Augustinian priest and college professor named Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the, on the door of the, of the cathedral at Wittenberg. He was inspired also, not by vicious video games, but rather by a burning sense that something was not right in his world and in the religious faith tradition that he was then following. He had several concerns and grievances. He particularly noted that when all, within all the religiosity and ritual of the then prevailing Roman church, the basic concepts like the golden rule, do unto others as you have them do unto yourself, was being lost. His core conviction, which placed him firmly in opposition to church hierarchy, was that he did not need the church to interpret God's biblical messages to us. We individuals could directly receive and act upon the grace of God's redemption. However, his call to duty placed him in a very precarious position. He'd be branded a heretic and therefore be destined to be burned at the stake, as were most all heretics that preceded him. As fate would have it, Martin Luther survived the expected retribution for his heretical position on church dogma. His was an idea whose time had come. And with it, Protestantism took hold in many variant forms. And by 1535, King Henry VIII of England did some of his own spiritual interpretation and founded the Church of England. It was essentially the Roman Catholic Church, 
in form and practice, but this one, his church, would be headed by him, the King of England, rather than by any pope. Too many English people, that was just fine, and honestly, they really didn't have much of a choice, did they? They subscribed to what the king said, and that was that. But there was another subset of the English population for whom that would really not do. They were called separatists. They wanted their own religious practice without the control of a hierarchy, either from Rome or from London. They wanted to run their own faith tradition. Persecution for those beliefs eventually drove them all to Holland, where they were most appreciative of the liberal-minded Holland people who tolerated and encouraged their separatist belief, but they were concerned about losing their English culture. So their religious separatist zeal and simple logic led them to migrate to the English colonies in their own ship, the Mayflower. Such was their call to duty in 1619. They went to the New World, to the English colonies, in order to found, to form, to live by their own religion. They called themselves pilgrims, and inasmuch as their church was governed and operated by the people who congregated there, their church was known as the Congregational Church. By 1639, these people had migrated to the seacoast of Connecticut colony. In that area, there were some very well-found or fair fields. It also had an excellent sheltered harbor, suitable for commercial activity. And so that is where they located their church, the Congregational Church. In the fullness of time, given their experience and ability at self-governance, they formed a political entity there and named it after that unique and abundant topographical feature, Fairfield. But first they started the church, then they started the town. With great effort and galvanic determination, they answered their call to duty. The concept of self-governance was abounding throughout the colonies at that time. What had started as being unique thinking in the Congregational Church early 17th century eventually became much more broadly accepted. And so, in 1776, with America's Declaration of Independence and the ensuing struggle for freedom and self-determination, it became mainstream thinking. Now, here we are. 500 years after Luther, 400 years after the Separatists, 250 years after Thomas Jefferson, and now it's Lady Sunday, 2023. Here we are, living in our secular materialistic world. On one side are mass shootings, violence, hatred, war, rancor, division, chaos. On the other side, there's only uh, you and me and some concept that we call the golden rule. This so-called golden rule, which is common to nearly all faith traditions in the world, is largely attributed to Hillel the Elder, a famous first century Jewish religious sage scholar. He put it this way, that which is hateful to you, do not do unto your fellow. That is the whole Torah, the rest is explanation. So my question for all of us this morning is, is this our call to duty? It doesn't look like much to me. Is that really all we have in our spiritual arsenal to face the intimidating negative power of our world? If so, what does it look like today, right now, right here? Well, if we were to ask Martin Luther, my guess is given our mutual Christian recognition that we are doing what we do in this life in order to attain righteous position in the next one, 
he probably suggests we look to the gospel. The gospel of Matthew. to Chapter 25, verse 31. That passage describes what it will be like when the Son of Man comes as a king to judge us all for our activities in this world in order to separate the laity of this world into either the righteous Christian sheep or the selfish, godless goats in the next world. Within this passage of Matthew's gospel, things get fairly simple when he says, I was hungry, you fed me. I was naked, clothed me. A stranger, you welcomed me. Sick or in prison, you visited me. Now to me, that sounds like a very direct call to duty. But one that's much easier to say than to do. Why? Because it's really a call to serve the marginalized, poor, the addicted, the homeless, mentally ill, strangers from strange lands who do not speak our language or look like us or dress like us or even worship as we do. But we, being Christians, or at least being people who want to act like Christians, we seek guidance. We seek symbolism, and therefore we look to the cross. Wow. We look at the obvious contradictions in our world. The world says, this is the way it will be and will always be. Christ says, no, it will go this way. The world says violence and hatred is in the nature of mankind. Christ says, no, follow the compassionate ways of the Gospel of Matthew. The world says, the gold rules. Christ says, utilize the golden rule. The world says, me first. The cross says, you first. It's so simple. And it's also too much. We can't fix Palestine and Israel. We can't fix the migration issues around the world, let alone in America. We can't fix poverty. But we can do something, if not by us, the laity, then by whom? If not now, then when? Is it, our call to, it is our call to duty, isn't it? Consider this story. <clears throat> the immigration issues relative to the country of El Salvador have 80-year-old deep pernicious roots in grinding poverty, governmental instability, free and violence. Like Luther, the Roman Catholic bishop, Archbishop of El Salvador, Oscar Romero, also heard and responded to his personal call to duty. His call for him to stand up in solidarity with the poor and oppressed people of his country. While that position ultimately cost him his life, he left us with a reflection which may help to put our individual personal call to duty as laity in perspective. It's entitled Prophets of a Future Not Our Own goes like this. This is what we are about. We plant seeds that will one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they will hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that, that produces far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything. There's a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something and do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it's a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for the Lord's grace to enter in and do the rest. We may never see the end results, 
But that's the difference between the master builder and the worker. We are workers, not master builders. Ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. Those of you who know me at all uh, well know that I've worked for 25 years in the area of criminal justice reform. It is certainly a worthy cause with a deep need for reformation along the lines of Matthew's gospel. And by the way, Dave Stewart will be leading a very informative session on this in the second hour. I urge you all to attend. However, that just happens to be my personal call to duty. There are many similar and very worthy causes awaiting each and every one of us as Christian laity right now, right here, today. So I say unto you, grab a shovel, pick a pile, we got a new world to build. Let's go. Amen.
is, is so refreshing for me to be able to sit here and to be a participant. It is so refreshing, I know, for, for everyone to hear different voices, for all of us to be able to, to lift up and to acknowledge and to celebrate uh, and to validate uh, the spiritual leadership and the spiritual presence that we have among each one of us in this congregation on Laity Sunday. And so I just want to um, just say thank you to John Santa uh, so much for your message, for your thoughtfulness, for your motivation. Grab a shovel and pick a pile. <laughs> um, Anna, Alex, thank you so much for your leadership with the children. Doug, thank you so much for uh, for your prayer, for talking to us, and for the choir recruitment. <laughs> and Jeffrey, thank you for sharing yourself and, and all of your announcements, Joanne, for getting us going here um, and uh, for welcoming us to this day. Thank you all. Um, as our congregation. You are a magnificent, magnificent group of people. Um, it's a pleasure to be with you. And um, it is inspiring. We, we get to inspire each other. So as we go from this place today, <coughs> out into our day, out into our week, into our joys, into our struggles, with our friends, <coughs> and with those who challenge us, May we go with the spirit that we receive here, and may we shine God's light out into the world, loving, caring, serving, again, as we grab a shovel <laughs> and pick a pie. <laughs> may we do this with God's love, courage, strength, and peace, now and forevermore. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Thank you.